Hi, I'm Lisa Morton, founder of Roland Dransfield PR. Welcome to We Built This City. With this podcast, I wanted to shine a light on the people who have put the heart into modern Manchester. You can build a city with bricks and mortar, but it's the people that make Manchester great. People like the people who make up the hospitality sector of Greater Manchester, who I wanted to celebrate in this episode as their doors reopened on May the 17th. The businesses in this sector have been through the mill over the last year, and I wanted to reflect on how they got through it and what it means to Greater Manchester. Manchester, we've always been a city that bounces back. Always been a city that bounces back. We do things differently here. We're Manchester. If you do something really practical and you do something really local, like feed someone who lives two miles from you a meal, it's a weird version of mindfulness. And it's, yeah, it seems to have been helpful to a lot of people. Manchester's a family and you've always got to kind of keep in touch with people from that point of view. In March 2020, businesses came to a standstill and one of the most visibly hit industries was hospitality and events. In Manchester, our bars, restaurants, nightclubs, venues and hotels closed for what, at the time, we thought would be a few weeks. Little did we know that the next 12 months would be a roller coaster of opening, closing, takeouts, eat out to help out and cocktail making at home on Zooms. This week, hotels are opening their doors for the very first time in many months and restaurants are finally allowing diners inside. So in this episode of We Built This City, I wanted to celebrate the Manchester I know and love, the one that lives and breathes in the places where we all come together. What does the hospitality sector mean to Manchester? How have the businesses survived? What have they learned this year? And how does it feel to be open again? You'll hear from many of Manchester's hospitality titans like Gary Neville, Karina Jadav and Adrian Ellis. But I wanted to start with a look at Manchester's unique personality and how that's reflected in our bars and restaurants. Here's Master Chef winner and restaurateur Simon Wood. I think they're absolutely crucial. I mean, it defines what the city is. Going to a gig, I know what I do before I go to a gig. I mean, I used to go for a couple of beers in Apotheca. I'd go over to Almost Famous and have a burger, and then I'd go over to the arena and watch Slipknot. And, that, <laughs> and that's... That, you know, Only Slipknot. No, no, other bands. Yeah, other bands as well. But there's different restaurants. We've got Adam at the French. We've got Simon at Manor. There's Doug over at James Martin. There was Aidan, who's over now in, in Hale. It doesn't just have to be the top end of restaurants. There's other great places to go to eat. It does define what you do. Tapas at uh, Ivuna is great. The guys there are lovely. Going down to Atlas Bar, you know, Elaine down there, you can have a great time. And I'm not just publicising the people that I've been in contact with throughout the industry. These are places that I went to anyway. You all have a set routine of where you go. People go to different bars. I'm going to go there and I'm going to have a gin and tonic. Then I'm going to go there and I'm going to have some Prosecco. Then I'm going to go here for a, a taco or a burger or whatever it might be, some pasta. And... It defines the city and everyone's got their own little definition, but as a whole, that's what makes Manchester. It does make the city for the people in it, but our bars tend to play host also to people from around the world. Karina Jadav of Menagerie remembers some of her favourite guests. Definitely Justin Timberlake. It's Justin Timberlake or Drake for Menagerie. Mm. We spent a lot more time with Justin. I'm not even going to call him just Justin. Justin Timberlake (laughs) is... I'm not that cool. Um, He was a really nice guy, really fun. Got on with everybody. He was like interacting, dancing with everyone. That was great. And then at Neighbourhood, it was Miley Cyrus. She was amazing. 
but I remember it took me a very long time to vinyl all of the windows myself because we had to black out the whole restaurant and I didn't have anyone to do it they said they dropped the vinyl off so I was there with a credit card I'm not joking (sighs) putting the vinyl on the windows and then to get it down is obviously also a massive pain and I cried when Beyonce's dancers were in menagerie because I was away on holiday and I just saw the videos of them all dancing in sync on the catwalk in front of the bar I was crying Ben was like Karina you're on holiday stop this that's work stop it I was like no you don't understand what it means to me Beyonce's dancers they've breathed (laughs) you know they've been in her presence god damn it why am I here with you and not there so I don't do well on holiday Many people say that the best relationships are made in the bars and pubs in Manchester. Liam Manson and Mark Smallwood came up with the idea for Didsbury Gin in their favourite pub. There's a pub in Didsbury called the Dog and Partridge and at the time they had something like 86 or 96 gins in there and one day I went, right, we're going to go in and do them. Um, <laughs> we, did, we didn't get very far, but anyway, we went in there and said, right, we're going to work our way through. And then it was getting out close to kicking out time, which was later than it is nowadays. And the receipt come and literally it was like a scroll. So you know them like cartoon <laughs> scrolls. So we we opened it up and Mark just went, oh, there's got to be a cheaper way of doing this. So I've gone to the toilet and then you stood by the urinal and normally you have a singer song or you're thinking about <laughs> something at the urinal. So I just thought, yeah, it's got to be. And then I went, maybe we, I went back to the table and it was like, maybe we should. I didn't have a clue what I was on about. And then I've gone home, carried on drinking. I think he's he's gone home as well. The next day, I got all these like eBay receipts in my email, so I bought like a little still, like botanicals. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna have a go at it. Made made a bit of gin. Um, it was terrible. So then I kind of just kept texting him apparently through the night. Oh, you can try this, you can try that, because I just I must have been sat on the laptop like researching how you make this stuff. And then we went down to a few distilleries, told them what we want to make, worked with them and made a recipe. And all this had happened in the space of a week. So it went from the pub to a bottle in a week. So we can agree that as the sun sets in Manchester, there's a whole industry that comes alive. Sasha Lord is Manchester's nighttime czar. He puts part of the success of Manchester's nighttime economy down to the fact that there's a city council here that's forward thinking and supportive of the industry. This is what this city does really well. They look back at the years when, I referenced before, everybody was looking at what we were doing and they saw how much tourism was coming to this city and how much it was benefiting the economy, especially the nighttime economy. Um, so they get it, you know, with Warehouse Project, we sold 242,000 tickets between September, end of September and January the 1st last season. And it brought millions into the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it certainly it was north of 10 million that we brought really? in. Yeah, yeah and, and these aren't our figures, that's their figures. So, you know, nighttime economy is really important and they've supported it from day one. Mm-hmm. Whereas other cities, you referenced Birmingham before, you know, they don't have the same viewpoint. Mm-hmm. A lot of people see the nighttime economy as uh, a bit of a ball ache. They automatically think antisocial behaviour order, you know, uh, alcohol, people being sick on the streets, urination. And yeah, there are the negatives, but there are huge, huge positives that come with it. So I think then the City Council here will look, kind of look at that as the, the bigger picture, won't they? Yeah. F- figure out how to kind yes. of mitigate those yeah. byproducts of that. Yeah. So when the first lockdown came, we knew the impact on the city was going to be felt through the lack of a nighttime economy. But, as Sasha explains, the hospitality community did what it does best by working to support the city that has supported it. 
what's amazing about our city region, as always happens, we saw it in 2017, in times like this, unprecedented times, you're always going to see heroes, you're always going to see zeros. Um, you know, Greater Manchester Police asked me to put a call out for hand sanitizer. Um, and Disby Gin saw that and they stopped full production of gin and they started creating hand sanitizer for the front line because they needed the alcohol content. Um, you know, again, a, a big paint company did it. Um, Corinne Bell and Mary Ellen have gathered together loads of volunteers and loads of chefs and said, look, we know restaurants are closing. Give us your stock, give us your food. And they'd be creating meals that people have been taking to the most vulnerable. Yourselves, Roland Dransfield, you came up with this amazing idea, Pay It Forward, where people can buy almost credit notes for meals when the restaurant's open, to, in, in, whether it's June, July, September, to help cash flow. You know, there's some amazing stories out there. It's, it's really good and it's, nice, it's heartwarming to see. One of the chefs Sasha Lord mentioned there was Mary Ellen McTague from the Creameries in Charlton. She set up Eat Well Manchester, which provided meals for NHS staff and vulnerable people, including homeless people who were sheltering in hotels. It just mushroomed. It just absolutely exploded. The first shout out was, have you got any food? The second was, have you got any time to cook and somewhere to cook it? And the response was, again, just really overwhelming. And then after a few days of trying to field Instagram, Twitter and Facebook messages and phone calls and text messages and emails, I was just like, we really need to get organised because um, because my brain's melting. So we then just set up like a Google form that we directed people to where we asked if they had food, transport, if they could cook or if they could deliver. And that's how it started. By the middle of April, we were doing like a thousand meals a week. And then we did a fundraiser in early June and raised like £100,000. And then <laughs> United Restream uh, hosted this fundraiser for us. It's definitely true of people in hospitality that people are generally quite industrious, don't really like sitting around and also just want to like cook for people, give people food, take care of people. That's a big part of it. It is definitely, quite a lot of it is definitely showing off as well. And like, look what, look what nice food I can do. But also just sort of people having a nice time because of something you've done is a really great feeling. And when we first started this, it was all stuff from restaurants. So there was like, you know, pork belly, salsa truffles, all that kind of thing. So a lot of the meals we were sending to the hotels were just not getting eaten. They were just like, I don't know what this is. And I'm not going near it. <laughs> so we very quickly realised that we just needed to do that was stuff that's like real crowd pleasers. And we still had really nice ingredients to use. We wanted it to be nutritious and like really delicious food. And it's made by chefs, so it should taste nice and look nice. But actually just be something that you would fancy to eat. How many people do you fed now? I mean, last count, when I saw it, it's 25,000. It's it just over 31,000. Corinne Bell from Open Kitchen Manchester stepped up too. They provided thousands of meals for Manchester residents, thanks to what Corinne describes as an army of chefs who volunteered to cook. There were so many volunteers that she actually had a waiting list. Let's not forget these were people who had been working in Manchester's hospitality industry. Those people whose own jobs were some of the most at risk at the time. Corinne thinks that her volunteers found their purpose through helping others. There's been a lot of uncertainty for everyone in this, particularly in the first three or four weeks, I think there were a lot of people for the first time ever, probably staring down the barrel of, oh God, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm, I'm actually only two paychecks away from mm -hmm. my entire life changing. You know, there are a lot of people that never feel that close to the bone 
um, or that uncertain. And a lot of people completely rethinking their careers. You know, there are some like food service, you know, you kind of think of a, as a really solid career. You know, if you're a trained chef, you'll always have a job. Well, actually, maybe not. And I think it in the face of something as huge and as unprecedented, I'm going to use it, um, <laughs> as a global pandemic, I think sometimes it can be very settling to just do something really practical and do something really local. Because yeah. you, if you do something really practical and you do something really local, like feed someone who lives two miles from you a meal and just know that that happened today, there's something just really psychologically settling about that. I think sometimes it can be really helpful to just bring your focus. It's a weird version of mindfulness. And it's, yeah, it seems to have been helpful to a lot of people. How many people in Manchester are you feeding? We think there's around about a thousand people every week that will be providing all of their meals. We get the referrals through from Manchester City Council and some of them have little notes on them, like whoever's referred in will have put a little note on. And some of them are just, you know, you actually feel like you get a flavour for the people you're supporting. And it'll be like, George, older gentleman, doesn't have any tea bags. Can you please send tea bags? And we all go, oh my God, there's an old man out there that's got no tea bag. Find some tea bags. And everybody gets a little bit emotional about it. Reflecting on this is reminding me about how unprecedented the time was in those early days of lockdown. I managed to catch up with the Mayor of Greater Manchester, Andy Burnham, during those months. And we talked about the ways that Greater Manchester pulled together, even when we couldn't physically meet up. Mancunians want to be in the city centre, don't they? They want they to, to pull together. And that's, that's a real challenge because I think when you feel like you've kind of metaphorically got your arms around each other or physically, that's when we feel strong. And that's why I felt that when Sasha told us on the podcast that he was going to launch United We Stream, GM, it was such an amazing idea and having seen that every week it's been a kind of a well it's a virtual hug isn't it in a way it's like the music has brought the people together in the kitchens and doing a kitchen disco I mean you've been a big part of that how's that felt well it's a lovely way of put, putting it because it has felt a bit like a, a bit of an embrace hasn't it and a, you know kind of a shared moments uh, as we've all stood there with our drinks in in the kitchen or whatever but yeah it's been brilliant to watch it and um it's fantastic to work with Sasha. He's a, he's an incredible uh, person. Another person like Gary who embodies what Manchester is absolutely all about. And it's not just the enjoyment it's given us. It's given a sort of a message of hope to those venues. I mean, you talk about the city centre. They are the, the, the heart and soul of the city centre, not just the, the music venues, the pubs, the clubs, the places we all like to go. And I do like to go. I love to go out in the city centre. But you know, I see we stream as kind of, kept that community together hasn't it Sasha told me today that is it more than 11 million people have been entertained by United We Stream and more than 300,000 raised which yeah. is incredible so far what did make me laugh is on the first day that you couldn't get in through a technical hitch and you said you, you, you couldn't get in in the olden days and you couldn't get that's, in now either. that's very true I was turned away from the Hacienda at least <laughs> twice and it made me really sad the other day because I saw a, a story in the MEN that the Britain's protection might be uh at risk. So I would often end up in the Britain's protection, nursing a pint of bitter while all my mates were in the Hacienda. And then I had to wait because we'd get a coach back to Culture, which is where I grew up. And um, yeah, I can remember those days very vividly. And I was always the, well, not always, I did get in, but uh, it was, it did happen. 
And I, I, I used to think they were like a fashion police on the door. They didn't like the look. <laughs> oh, you're not going in. What were you wearing? <laughs> I know it must have been some dodgy sort of uh, tracky or something. I don't know. You can hear how Manchester's hospitality sector weaves its way through all of our lives. And even over this last stretch of lockdown, they've been making sure that we feel part of something. I spoke to Adrian Ellis, General Manager of the Lowry Hotel this week, and he noted how they've managed to support and connect with their customers in new ways. I think one of our one of the traits of our industry in recent months have been the creativity. We've been able to come up with new ideas that at-home dining, I think, has been very popular and it's kept people engaged, yeah. kept those who've got itchy feet doing things and kept them engaged. And especially in this run-up, we've not just opened the doors yesterday. We've had a bit of a run-up to this where we've been getting ready and prepared. And I think all those days have been uh, much savoured by everybody in terms of preparation and getting them engaged. And those who've got itchy feet have managed to use their talents to the best. Mm-hmm. So. And have you found that a lot of people have said that they've, by being creative, they've been able to engage the brand with a wider audience maybe than yes. they even did before. So new yes. customers are going to New customers going to come and existing customers think, oh, that's a good mm. idea. So, you know, we've the, the sort of creative things and everybody's done their own thing. So we've done our at home, which is the takeaway offer. But we've also created gym pods. So instead of the gym, which is quite small and therefore would only cater for two, three, four guests, we've created pods out of meeting rooms and made them into small gym oh, space. Right. That's and that's great. been well received by everybody. We also created a, a few hotels did this, but we created office space out of bedrooms or office spaces at the bar where we're offering drinks during the day. So we try to do our own bit of creativity and it's got my team stimulated about coming up with new ideas. Guests are interested and have used some of those ideas that I just mentioned. So, yeah, and I think it's a good thing that the industry's uh, really uh, enjoyed and adopted very well in, the, in recent months. You can hear Adrian talk more about the Lowry Hotel and the role it plays in Greater Manchester in the next episode of We Built This City. This episode is released in the week where we are hoping that the hospitality sector can open and stay open and there is some nervousness about what's to come. I asked Gary Neville if he thought we will ever get our swagger back. Yes, I've got no doubts about that. It's just when it comes back, I've got no doubts that things will return to normal in a couple of years' time. I suppose in some ways it's almost like living through that last recession. I I remember those moments when I was walking around the city where you just seemed, it was just dead. There seemed to be no life. It seemed that there were sort of for sale and to let signs up everywhere and just it felt really bad. But it came back. And this is different. It's a health crisis, but it obviously will create an economic crisis as well. I do believe it will absolutely come back. I actually saw a report on the hospitality sector that Manchester, I think, was ranked third in the list of cities to return quickest. Edinburgh was top. I think Glasgow was second and Manchester was third, which we hope's the case. I think what's happened in Manchester in this last... 10 or 15 years, I do think that the football's always been a big part of the city, but I do think having Pep Guardiola in the city, having Manchester United, obviously, and having Manchester City do what they're doing now, it's put Manchester really sort of, it's you know, it's been at the centre of football for the last four or five years. And I do believe now that we're, you know, the university sector is strong, obviously it always has been. The retention sector around students that go to universities in Manchester from outside is strong. I do believe that we will, it's not even a debate for me, it will come back. And this week we are back. On the day that indoor dining was allowed once again in England, I spoke to three key people in Manchester's hospitality industry who are all getting ready to open their doors once again. Gareth Harold from Mechanica, Karina Jadav from Menagerie, who you heard from earlier, and Becky Wilkes from 20 Stories. As you can imagine, they were full of anticipation. But you'll hear that that anticipation is also tempered with what they've been through. 
They all talk about the changes they've had to make over the past year or so. One thing we've got more used to in these times is table service. As Gareth from Mechanica explains, service is at the very heart of their offering. So Mechanica was really a list of all the things that we didn't like in other venues and we decided to do the exact opposite. So no queuing, no drying your nails, trying to get some attention. (laughs) We wanted to do something a bit special and create that five-star luxury hotel bar service in the northern quarter because nobody else was doing it. And in fact, other than the hotel bars in the other hotels within Manchester city centre themselves, nobody is doing really what we do in terms of service. So we're very service-orientated, we're service-driven. And that's really what Mechanica is about. We produce outstanding cocktails. That's a given with the team that I have here. Mm. So talking about service, obviously, you have Clockwork, which was formerly known as Zifferblatt, and you yeah. have Oppid and Co-Living. So you have co-working space and co-living space here, yeah. which have been very successful. They're also completely focused on service, aren't they? Yeah, so as a group, particularly myself and Colin, Colin Shenton, we're very focused on that service delivery. Mm. I think one of the things that gets lost a lot of the time is good customer service. This has been taken into the heart of the community already. I mean, I was here last week and the week before. Not all week, just two visits. (laughs) But it was, you know, you could do outside drinking and it was full. I mean, there was a real great buzz. You could see that people obviously come here and feel connected to the place. So have you seen that yourself? Well, in the time period that we've been open, because we opened on the 14th of April, we've already got regulars. I think one lady was back four times in in, in one week. It wasn't me. Incredible. No, it wasn't you. Um, Incredible. But she brought, you know, four different friends. and, and, And that's what it's about. If you do something well, if you do something good, we can all market, we can all, you know, PR, you know, whatever. And those are fundamentally necessary. But what you can't do is fake the experience. And that lady came back because she received great service and a great experience. Mm. And that's what's really important. And we're taking it, making it old school, if you like. Definitely. Who, who knew that good customer service would be retro? Yes, I know. It's so true. And how are the, how's the team feeling today on the new opening day, 17th of May? Well, I called Phil, Phil Aldridge, who is my general manager this morning, just before you guys arrived and said that you guys were coming in. And he sounded a little tired. Um, <laughs> we've had an absolutely stellar few weeks yeah. outside. We've only had 30 covers. And that is a small number in comparison to other venues, if you go towards Castlefield and and places like that. But we've had a bottom on every single seat Mm. from open till close. Mm. And people have come out in all weathers. I can't say I would have done the same myself, but (laughs) we're very, very grateful for people doing that. And I think that Manchester, we've always been a city that bounces back, always been a city that bounces back, whether it, it be terrorist attack or adverse economic conditions. We do things differently here. Mm. We're Manchester. 20 Stories is a restaurant that Mancunians have really taken to their hearts with its amazing views of the city. When I spoke to Becky, just before they were about to open their doors, she wanted to pay tribute to the team based there who have stuck with it and been so flexible. We sat on the 19th floor of Number One Spinning Fields and got a great view of Manchester while it poured down in the rainy city. And I asked Becky, what was the story for 20 Stories? 
So we're here this morning, Becky, at 20 Stories and standing 19 stories at the top of number one spinning fields. And look at that view. It's typical Manchester day, throwing it down, but it's still beautiful. A year ago now, we were actually here doing an International Women's Day event. And it was like a couple of weeks before actual lockdown. So, so much has changed since then. I know it's corny, but what has the story been for you? It's been the most challenging year It's been a very much a stop-start year in terms of what the guidelines are, what we need to adapt to, and we've had to be reactive. Whereas my position in hospitality, I'm a proactive person in terms of planning ahead, trying to get business on the books, and it's very much been a reactive year. We're just glad to be back. Outdoor hospitality, we've been so lucky with the Terrace at 20 Stories. Mm. However, it is Manchester. (laughs) It does rain the majority of the time. So yeah, at times it's been a proper Peter Kerr moment. Like everybody in, get all the cushions. <laughs> and, and But our guests have been really good because yeah. they've come dressed for the occasion. People have had hot water bottles on the laps and umbrellas. And I think because we've been in lockdown for so long, people don't care. Mm. It's only a bit of rain at the end of the day. <laughs> and they, they've missed the opportunity of eating and drinking out. So we've been really grateful. And indoor hospitality from today, we're just so thankful that we can go back to doing what we do best. One thing I did notice that Mancunians were so chatty, aren't we? But even more so now, everybody wants to chat. So normally if you come with a party, just kind of maybe chat to the people you're with. But when I was here last week, everyone just wanted to pile in and catch up with each other. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been working from home for the past year. And since reopening, I've been on site and I can't get my work done because every man and his dog wants to talk to me. And it's like, it's <laughs> everyone's just buzzing to be back. And it's so nice to see the smiling faces and clinking of glasses and everyone just enjoying themselves again. It's really nice. And so D&D London obviously um, came to Manchester, was it March 2018, yeah. wasn't it? And we were very lucky to be involved in the launch and we've been working with you since. And I remember that night it was like a snowstorm. So it was like it'd been in a snow globe up here. Manchester's really taken it to its heart 20 stories I mean it's it's an institution now isn't it what do you think has been the success there so I came on board D&D London six months pre-opening and I think the best thing is that they recruited the core team from Manchester it wasn't just a London team that came up and acted like London because that would never work in Manchester we're a very stubborn city (laughs) and I think the fact that our core team are Mancunians or adopted Mancunians, that it works so well. We've all got great relationships in the city Mm -hmm. and we've not come up pretending to be London. We're very much a Manchester side and our team are brilliant. We've got some really great staff who have worked in the Manchester hospitality scene for a long time and they've built connections with our key guests and key contacts. And I think it's kind of always nurturing those relationships it's the way to success because people will follow you wherever mm. you go. Mm. And yeah, Manchester's a family and you've always got to kind of keep in touch with people from that point of view. What are you most proud of this past 12 months, would you say, with the, with the team here? I think there's been so many redundancies across the industry and it's been so sad to see people go because you you spend so much time at work in hospitality that they become your second family yeah. so saying goodbye to these people from a work capacity obviously you still stay friends outside but it's been so hard but I think what you've also got to think is it's been hard for those that have been left in the role that are then having to pick up the work of multiple roles mm. So what I'm proud of is the remaining team and how well they've coped and adapted to their daily duties. Like we've had our group sales and event manager that's been 
managing phone lines of 17 different restaurants and and we've become kind of receptionists we've become servers we've become everything and the team that are standing have adapted so well to things that are above and beyond their role because we've had to mm. and and we were joking before saying that oh we event managers gonna have to start serving food soon <laughs> and but we will yeah. because we love it and we don't want people to see across hospitality, we don't want our guests to see that we are short-staffed. We want to be able to still deliver what what people are used to. Mm. But yeah, behind the scenes, it's tough because there's a huge staff shortage across the industry. A lot of people have left, left hospitality for future job security or just to kind of have a Monday to Friday nine to five life because they've been used to the social life being on furlough. So I'm really proud of the team that are left and everyone's pulled in together and yeah we're a stronger family than more than ever and lastly what are you most looking forward to now these doors are going to be opening in 10 minutes or so so oh. what, what are you most excited about do you know i know this sounds really a bit cringy but when i first came on board it was a building site it was a shell and i got goosebumps the minute i came up i was like this is amazing we were doing hard hat tours and everything <laughs> and coming back this time around after being closed i've got the goosebumps again it's just so nice to see, like our Manchester Tart cocktail punch that everybody loves. It's so nice to see a fresh face coming up, trying to cocktail and go, oh my God, have you tasted this? <laughs> and I love seeing people's reaction when they enjoy our food and beverage and they, they have interaction with our staff. So I'm just looking forward to getting the buzz back mm. and hopefully bring on more staff so we've got bigger teams again. Yeah, I'm, I just want to return to normal, wave goodbye to COVID and all the guidelines and start accommodating those private dining room bookings and events on the terrace. And yeah, we're ready. Becky from 20 Stories there, when they were more than ready to let people back in through their doors. Let's return to Karina Jada from Menagerie, who you heard from early on in this episode. From Justin Timberlake to Beyonce's dancers to letting us dance on their tables and even getting into that famous bath, Karina's dining offer has always been incredibly vibrant and she's keen to get us back up on those tables once again, but just not quite yet. For now, Karina's very happy to take it step by step and hopefully those steps will gradually lead all the way to the catwalk in Menagerie. I asked her how she was feeling about having diners inside. I'm so excited to have people back through the door, can't wait. And a little bit apprehensive because we've all been tucked away hibernating in Manchester for six months, it feels for me. So now to have people come through the door again is exciting, but we're coming back out of a kind of a safe space and back into the real world again. So it's going to take a bit of getting used to. And for us as well, suddenly to go from being closed to 200 people for lunch and dinner every day this week is a crash course in. It's not a slow opening, it's like bam. Wow. So is that what you got in all this week? Yeah. Unbelievable. Next two, three weeks. So what kind of challenges has that given you? We've had loads of time to prepare, so it's not so much of a challenge, but as much as we've prepared, when you've not been open and you're not used to that flow of service, mm. it's going to just be kind of hit the ground running. And, and, and hopefully people will be appreciative and understanding that this is a very quick, fast-paced, sudden way to open your doors again after suddenly closing. So, yeah, but everyone seems so happy and positive to be back that I think the energy is just going to be amazing. And as soon as the new dates for opening were announced, did you get lots and lots of bookings right away? So the upside is we were really busy with reservations from the first time. I think it was three minutes after the announcement came that we took our first reservation. So we're booked up. We're really, really busy. And now people are starting to try and 
kind of regulars and people, friends and family are trying to book in. <laughs> no I'm space. going, I don't have anything. I'm spending hours trying to move the reservation system around and fit people in here and there. So if you've not prepared in advance, it's not ideal for spontaneous individuals like no. me, really, because I'm never booking in advance. <laughs> exactly, no, me neither. And I'm the one, I'm at home all weekend. So what, last time we spoke on the podcast, we talked about how you started off the tradition of dancing on tables uh, neighborhood and then you brought that here to menagerie how soon do you think that's going to happen and what you're looking forward to most about that kind of atmosphere i think i'd like to say we can dine drink and dance now i think it's just dine drink and party at your table (laughs) and then the 21st of june i'm really hoping that we can get back up and let people dance on the catwalk and just have a bit more freedom i think if you can if you can hug people we're getting closer to the day you can dance on a table I know well I'll need to book in for them don't don't let me miss out on that one and so Manchester obviously we've talked about it being known for its relationships and its connections how important has that been for you in the past 12 months I probably always felt like a bit of an outsider in the hospitality industry and this last 12 months I've really felt like I've been brought into that community um, and made you know built much stronger relationships with a lot of people and they've been absolutely brilliant with me I mean yourself included I know you're not specifically hospitality but through people like you and Sasha and then other restaurant owners Mm -hmm. I felt part of this community more than ever and I think Mm -hmm. without that it would have been a very 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 difficult time I mean it was difficult but it would have been lonelier definitely and I think that hospitality sector in Manchester is it's unrivaled isn't it I mean what what how it's been pulled kind of pulled together this past 12 months and you've been very vocal in terms of standing up for hospitality and for for Manchester community generally I think we've had the raw end of the deal really in Manchester in Greater Manchester and it's been important that we've had that shared experience between those in our industry that we could all stand together so I have been very vocal but I think so many people have felt the same way not everybody wants to get up and shout about it but I got to a point where I felt like that's something that I can do to make some kind of difference Mm -hmm. if we can make a bit of a stance definitely and that's what we do here in Manchester don't we for sure what would you say that you've learned about yourself in the past 12 months and your team the last 12 months for me because I've been at home with my little one I definitely have softened a lot and I've taken a step back and looked at how we operate the business and looked at what we do for our team and how we work as a team so definitely I think what we'll see coming into this side of things from all of us is that we've all grown closer and the business will be more will be there as more of a support system for all of our menagerie family there's only 50 people that work here and we're small so I think for me that's something that's coming out of it we've definitely grown closer and we've had time to think about doing something new and Mm. and, you know there's nothing to lose at this point in time it's like we've (laughs) only got things to gain so what can we do differently we've redone the menu we've looked at how we dress the venue we've looked at the cocktails looking at who we work with we're really taking all that into consideration and we're working with people like Zella to try and reduce our carbon footprint so yeah. it's actually just about caring more and realizing it's not just all about this 24 7 go and the profit line it's mm. not just about that anymore and I think that's a big positive coming out of lockdown and when are you getting in that bath <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the bath quite a lot <laughs> I've been in the bath a lot recently so painted in pink hopefully from the 21st of June we're all people in. can pile in yeah <laughs> and the bathtub will break on a regular basis again because that's what happens oh good luck with everything it looks amazing Thank and you. I hope sweet goes really well for you and I extend that to all of the hospitality sector in greater Manchester and beyond good luck and I hope this next few weeks is good for you
These people have had to deal with adversity in their businesses in a way they would never have expected. And as a sector, they've shown true grit and abundance in a time of scarcity. It's been inspiring and it all means that you and I can get back out with our friends and make memories in the city again. Manchester is back. The people from Manchester's hospitality sector have built this city by feeding everyone else when their own jobs were at risk, by switching from pork belly and truffle to sausage and mash and Manchester's homeless, and by digging in to help each other out like only Mancunians can. In the next episode, you're going to hear from one of Greater Manchester's finest hoteliers, Adrian Ellis, General Manager at the Lowry Hotel. That's out on Thursday. To hear the full interviews with some of my guests, feel free to listen back to the archive of episodes in your podcast feed. If you want to find more out about Roland Dransel PR and you'd like some help in creating your legacy, please head to rdpr.co.uk for more information or give us a call on the same number we've had for 24 years, 0161 236 1122.